I need to ask your honest opinion before we get started. Well, it doesn't have to be honest. It's just an opinion. You ready? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Um, should I put... So I've been drinking beer in a can lately, and so I'm debating whether I should pour this beer into a glass. You know, that's really funny, Jeff, because I almost exclusively drink out of glasses like an adult. Mm-hmm. And this time I did not bring a glass with me. I just brought what? the can. Yeah. I don't know what to say to that. It's, about that. Uh, I, was, I was kind of in a hurry. I was out uh, splant, planting a dwarf Korean spruce, and it is like 85 degrees and, yeah. and 300% humidity. <laughs> yeah, it's and, really, uh, really so, hot. <laughs> so I just grabbed this cold can of beer to put between my thighs. No, I um, to <laughs> to just do this I should have brought two cans of beer, one between my one, thighs and one right, to drink. Well, when when you're a guy my size, you need two for just your thighs. <laughs> uh, I um I've been using a new weather app because our friend Nate uh, always gets me to buy every freaking weather app uh, in existence, and hmm. um, this one actually says under humidity just feels steamy, which is completely <laughs> come accurate. on. I'm so no, incredibly really. Steamy. It is it's steamy. Um, you know, I know people like Carrot and stuff like that, that weather mm-hmm. app. I, yep. I just don't like the cutesy stuff. Like, Really? Just give me the data. Like, you don't have to be like you, cute about it. I, I, I like know. the data. It gives me the data. Humidity, that. 74%, dew point seventy two, and then it gave you a little bit of a mm. uh, an idea. So high UV level says wear sunscreen. And... Uh, it gives you the pressure, and it says a fair condition. So it gives you a little bit of uh, a little bit of text to explain what hmm. the weather's doing right now, okay. which I appreciate. What's the name of the app? Hello weather. Hello, hello weather. It's called Hello Weather. It's cute and it has a really good widget. No. And mm. yep, that's all right. I'm opening the can. I guess oh, I'm going to okay. drink so out of the can. What we're I did. Doing here. I like. Oh I like, yeah. I like jamming my nose in a beer, though. So I almost had a beer disaster last weekend because we were going to record last weekend. <laughs> and I, you were like, can you get your hands on Puff by six point? Mm-hmm. And I said, I could. Let me go get some. So I went out and got a four pack. And then mm-hmm. we had mm-hmm. a celebration, mm-hmm. a surprise to me, celebration at my house with like 35 <laughs> people. Yeah, because it was a baby shower weekend. Right. And um, I came back late. And guess what I found? <laughs> they, had, they had wiped you out. <laughs> they, had, they, had, they had left one puff. They drank everything in the me. house, including the, the cooking oil. They just Look, <laughs> couldn't stop drinking things. I was like, I saw the four, it's like come, the four pack comes in a box. Yeah. And I saw it on the kitchen table when I came inside. Oops. And, and I was like, oh my God, did they drink all of that? And they're like, no, no, we left you one. Don't worry, we left you one. I'm like, oh my God, this is, yeah. they drank so much of my beer that I've been hoarding. Like, I've been not buying a lot of beer because. I had this stuff that came from uh, Vermont that made me gain like 15 pounds. <laughs> and um, so I'm trying not to buy a whole lot of extra beer. Uh, but this was like special beer, and they went in there and drank it all. Mm. Um, luckily, some of them, which I'm okay with, drank some of the, this, the homemade stuff on tap. They're always re- they're yeah. beer makers, so they're always curious what other people's beer tastes like. So I kind of lucked out in that. Oh, front. nice. 
Yeah. Well, hopefully they'll invite you to a party and you can drink every liquid in their house as well. Well, see, they, they're very generous with their beer. If I had known that they were coming, I would have had other beer for them to drink. Sure. And I would yeah. have chilled it and put it in a different place. Mm-hmm. I didn't find out until the day of. And I'm like, by the way, I'm inviting them all back and we're going to have a cookout. And you're cooking and <laughs> they'll all be there when you get home. And yeah. I was like, okay, awesome. Sounds great. Uh, how's so it here, we, here we are with a six-point puff, the, yeah, the prized puff. remaining puff. My prize uh, six puff. Point, six point does this weird thing where they put them in 12-ounce cans. They're like tall, skinny cans. I love the they're cans. They're not even tall. They're just skinny cans. They're like teeny little cans. They're so yeah, they're, pleasing to, to hang on to. Yeah. I they're, think they're awesome. They're cute, but... Um, you know, I'm sure there's some profit margin calculated into that. Probably. Yeah. You're such a cynic. It's yeah, all for aesthetics, man. I, I, I do like the can. I, I like the can. I like Six Point. I like Puff. Uh, 108 IBU. They it's proudly really displayed it. Wow. They proudly, proudly displayed on the front. Uh, and uh, 9.8% alcohol. So this is... Uh, I've heard I've heard this is basically like an unfiltered resin. Yeah, that's my understanding as which well. Which you know which I is, already like. We we've done that mm-hmm. on the show. But my wife swears days. it is not. Yeah, it does taste a lot different. It tastes more vegetal, but I think that's probably because it's just mm-hmm. filtered less, maybe. Yeah. Well, it says on the back, you can imagine tasting it. If you love resin, imagine tasting it straight from the tanks. Oh, nice. Well, you know why I can't see it? Let me explain my situation right now. It is, uh, I think it's 86 or 87, like you said, extremely hot. Um, but because of the preponderance of motorcycles today, I'm sitting in a room in the dark uh, with windows closed. Right. And we like have no a air conditioning, like, a, like up on the top of the house. Yeah, no, I feel like I'm in the French Resistance, you know, yeah. during World War II. I'm like hiding in an attic somewhere, like with, nice. no one can see me. It's incredibly quiet, um, but we'll see. I may, um, if you hear a thumping noise, it's because it got so hot I just fainted. So, oh, I thought maybe sorry. it was the Nazis trying to break in. <laughs> no, well, we do live out in the boonies, but I don't think I don't think it's that bad. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> All right, so can I can I taste this puff? I yeah, mean, let's taste like, this stuff. I've, I've been working. Let's hard. do it. Straight oh, from that the can. Is wonderful, man! It's bitter. Mm. Holy crow! So good. Yeah, it's good. I'm so 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 good. Glass. Just because I can, so I can right. see what it looks like. Wow! Did I pour that badly? You're pouring. So so you are pouring it. Yeah, I'm going to pour it. I just want to see it what it d- looks like. It definitely like. tastes different from resin to me. It definitely does, it, it's yeah. It's very likely because it has all the um, yeast poop still in it. <laughs> the yeast poop. Exactly. I thought the alcohol was the yeast poop. <laughs> um, yeah, it's probably closer to yeah. correct. Um, it's not clear, that's for sure. That said, it's still clearer than most of the, the Vermont stuff I've been drinking. Yeah, well... That's the style, no? I, which I actually really, really like. I like the new um, hazy, kind of smooth. Yeah. Can you like? Do, do you have any like describable reason besides it looks neat to like? Does I think it, it add t- anything it, it, for you? It feels different when you drink it. It's, yeah, it's it, creamier it does have to this me. Cre- yeah, exactly. Like a milk yeah. stout versus a stout, you know. It has it has a, seems to have more sweetness to it, mm-hmm. um, and I'm trying to avoid that uh, word that starts with mouth and ends with eel. 
Uh, I don't want anything to do with my mouth and an eel. Um, I, I think it's interesting to have that type of a creaminess when you've got also this overwhelming bitterness as well. I think it goes great well. together. I really, really yeah. like that style. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, me too. Um, obviously, my, it's been my favorite beer style for the last few years. And um, I'm although I'm trying to branch out to these... Um, you know, to, to drinking more farmhouse ales and stuff like that. We've got a few breweries summertime. out here. Yeah, yeah, good, yeah. Good this, the this, exactly, and there's some really good ones out there that I want to I want to frequent uh, in my remaining weeks um, of your sleep. Remaining, <laughs> your remaining. Oh, I'm going to miss you, Jeff. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is it that time? Have they? It is. It is that time of year. It's that. Uh, well, I mean, I think there's uh, eight eight weeks left around there. Uh, until my wife is due, uh, it could happen before then. So we shall see. Um, it's going to be an interesting couple months. Mm-hmm. I just put so the. So if uh, the show never comes back, <laughs> oh, yeah, it'll there come you back go. in some in some capacity. It may be somewhat. Uh, although this may be my uh, my relaxation time. You know, like when it's like, hey, I need to take a couple hours of me time. It'll mm-hmm. be drinking a beer, talking yeah, to you some guy who has some beer between his thighs. <laughs> That's just what I want to do. <laughs> well, huh, you should introduce me to that guy. <laughs> this is this is Gabe, my friend. With, with hey, so beer speaking, of, his speaking of branching out, um, yeah. I wanted to talk to you about something that is constantly like this grain of sand in... Uh, in your shorts, and really I is. like I like to really, really yeah. get you going on it. You really um, do. You do all the time. It's fun. It's fun because y- your your misery exceeds mine, so it <laughs> makes me feel a little bit better about my yeah. old man bitterness. Yeah, because uh, I've I, taken I think it maybe I'm, too far. I'm more open to the future than. <laughs> You are. Well, I think the thing that's frustrating to me, and let's lay out the topic a little bit, which is just a general anxiety is too strong a word, but I think uh, antipathy towards technology lately. Um, and and I think the issue has been one more of frustration for me because I used to be a huge like fan, advocate, um, cheerleader for technology in all of its forms, yeah. you know, injecting it into places that honestly probably didn't need to be injected just because technology is cool. I want to, I want right. to include why, it in why, everything. Why would you buy a Dell computer when you can spend twice as much to buy all the parts yourself and spend several weeks putting them together and going exactly. to the store multiple times? Yeah. You fool. This is the fun part, right? right. Yeah. So the, you were like Linux that too. The same thing. And we, yeah. Nerded out on all of it, and every new advancement was just like I was so giddy. Yep. And like, oh my gosh, look at graphics cards. Look what they can do. Look at I these used new to input read, devices. What was the name of that magazine? Computer Shopper. It was like mm-hmm. a, it was oh, like yeah. as thick as a phone book, and you just read it for the ads, and everybody yeah, was looking at you ads, like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was my fun time, and that was that was when I was like deepest in my mania. But it was not at a time when. I don't think you could inject technology into as many things as you can now, like for quote unquote convenience sake, like light well, bulbs, which you you're you you're could escape it, right? Yeah, Back then exactly. you could escape technology. You chose right. to interact with technology. That's really that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I could escape it by turning off my computer and going to do other things, or saying, you know, well, this Dell computer, this gateway computer is probably just fine. I can just go with that, you know. Yeah. Uh, but now, um, 
Yeah, I think you're right. Actually, it's funny because I'm much because of you know embracing Apple. Um, my computers are much less nerdily, you know, obsessed over each tiny detail. Like if somebody were to ask me the specs on my processor, I couldn't even tell you. Right. Like I just got the fastest one. And was it, you know, Cabby Lake or whatever? I'm like, I have no idea. And it doesn't really matter to me because it was what was available, you know? Um, whereas P- I know people who are holding out for the new, you know, Intel chip design. And I'm like, eh, you know. I need a computer now. I'm not going to wait for a chip design. So that stuff doesn't really seem to affect me at a, mm-hmm. at a, mm-hmm. at a, at a well, I think you, you've level. also been trained by Apple to care less about that kind of stuff, which is it, it could interesting be. And I think because they is... seem to be switching their marketing to care more about it. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I don't know. that's true. Well, I, I actually don't th- have, I been conditioned by Apple or do I just care less? I'll tell you why I think I just care less is because, um, I spend time on other stuff now. Like if I cared even a little bit, I would probably be reading tech blogs and researching stuff and just have a general interest in it. Even if I couldn't buy a computer with those things, I still would probably do it because it interested, interested well, I also me. wonder if the, it makes as much of a difference now. Well, that's true too. Like, you right. know, the, the, the speed, uh, like speed a twice as with, fast, yeah. twice as fast Intel, chip means so much less to me now because I'm mm-hmm. already not even close to to maxing it out unless I'm no, doing that's like a, good point. a specific video task or something like that. Or, yeah, I, I think that's part of it. I think, um, and I don't want to shoot us off into another topic right away yet, but um, I also think it has to do with just the, the general uh, feeling I have of everything being broken all the time. We did a podcast about that a few months ago where, you know, I just feel like in general things are in a constant state of, uh, of disrepair and things not working in general. Mm. And, and people just kind of just, eh, that's just, it's not working today or I can't log in today or whatever. And, and that stuff's just bothering me more because yeah, we've talked about that yeah, in, yeah. in the past, and I, I still think it's just your sensitivity has changed because I don't think things are more broken now. I, I don't I think, think they're more they're, broken. They're, I would think that they'd be better now that we've been doing this for twenty years and not I still have the are. same stuff. Uh, yeah, you, maybe. I, I used to have to install Windows every year. It was just what you did to run a computer. You had to reinstall it <laughs> every true. year. Yeah, and it. W- I guess I didn't consider it broken. It was just like that's the game. It got really slow over the last year because I installed some software, and now um, it yeah. feels like muck. And I'm gonna just go ahead and do a clean install. New can pave. Remember new can pave? Oh yeah, I remember. <laughs> nu- yeah, did new can pave all the time. Well, it's interesting because I wrote down in my little notes for this show that um, technology introduces a whole other level of maintenance. And 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 kind of overall upgrading that needs to be done that that wouldn't be there if you didn't put so much stock in it. Like my Synology and you and I were talking about backups. Like oh man, uh, Amazon, damn Amazon. Going away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and I think this kind of goes into probably a topic we'll get into later, which is putting your trust in technologies that then get co-opted or go away or change in some irrevocable way. Like, what's your view on that stuff? Like, we, we go back and forth on you know, do you <laughs> look for another beer app now that Tap Seller's bit in the dust? I mean, Tap Seller, look at that. Like, we put a lot of time and effort into <laughs> that, that was, and we used it. Assholes! In, I can't believe that. Dicks. 
turning that off. Uh, but I mean, you know, we, you put your your. your By the way, I just paid for a renewal on the Brewery DB uh, licensing. Oh, good. <laughs> so accident. maybe Tap Seller Two will be really. Uh, oh, oh, I no, let the cat I, out of the bag. Oh uh, man, no, it was totally <laughs> on accident. <laughs> So, uh, no. <laughs> anyways, we still have an API key for nothing. Um, That's excellent. No, but no, so what do you just, think about that? So when Amazon just recently changed, they had the, the unlimited storage plan, right? And I was all in on the Amazon cloud I know drive a lot of people that were. Because yeah. it was essentially unlimited. Now, I wasn't like crazy. I didn't have like all my DVDs in in the, their cloud. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't crazy. I, it was purely to back up home movies, home photos, and my laptop. Didn't, that, that's um, all didn't I used Plex just introduce something to work with that too? Didn't who? Didn't Plex just introduce something that you could put your movies in yeah, Amazon right. cloud? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Plex introduced some stuff there. I did. I don't use that, but, I uh, use it either, but so I have my, um, my Synology backing up to Amazon Cloud, and I have Arc running on my laptop, which does backups to Amazon Cloud. Well, uh, they, you know, did some analysis. Apparently, decided, hey, this is totally not worth it. People are killing us on this, and we now are going back to a play, uh, paid tiers of storage. Well, I have about three terabytes of stuff mm-hmm. on Amazon Cloud, and so instead of paying the fifty dollars a year. It's now going to be somewhere around $150 a year. <laughs> oh, wow. Which, you know, f- fair enough. It's three terabytes. And I'm yeah. they have to have drives to support that and uh, backups and, and all, you know, do all, their, yeah. all their other things. But from my perspective as the consumer, like, that sucks because now I built all this infrastructure around that of, like, uh, that's how I set up my hosted backup for that, you know, that type of data. Right. And I don't really have time to sit down and come up with a whole new strategy. Yeah. Of- so this is where this is where it kind of has really struck home in the last few months for me is that, that exact thing, which is um, so I've put a lot of time and effort into specific things, specific apps, specific you know, functionality that I built out myself, whether it's scripts or just thinking through a workflow only to have pieces of those workflows just just disappear or get sold to Facebook or whatever you know or get you know Yahoo is just bought by somebody uh, which owns Flickr and I have photos in Flickr so what's going to happen to Flickr should I just delete everything from Flickr or should I've done that months ago years ago like it just is a constant um, low grade <sighs> confusion sounds like the wrong word but I don't know a better one it's like a low grade like uh, confusion from like what's going to happen with this other thing that I've built up a relationship with and don't honestly <laughs> the key is I just don't want to think about this stuff like I set stuff up so I don't have to think about it anymore right like, well I, I'm just gonna like play the, go. the other side mm-hmm. we create our own problems Jeff like th- this was what I said to you when I was like oh this sucks uh, Amazon's gonna it's going to cost a lot more for this. Like maybe I should just give up on wanting to control my own backups so granularly and just say like, I'm going to Apple photos and Mm -hmm. all my photos and videos will just go through Apple and they'll go up to iCloud and I'll pay for 
you know, the tier storage I need. Unfortunately, like I thought that's what I was going to do is just give up. I'm not going to, mm-hmm. I'm not going to worry about it myself and I'm yep. just going to let them back up my photos. They don't even have a tier that supports me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm already maxed oh, out so you're, to two terabytes. They don't they have another even, tier right now. Interesting. Yeah. And it's not like I could buy two <laughs> like accounts yeah. with them and back that up. So that's not really a good solution for me. And then I have to get into, well, once I'm investing time in, Oh, I'm going to bring in drives and I'm going to hook those up. I'm going to back those up. Then I'll take it all work. And then, then I might as well get serious and do it right. And it becomes just a thing that I have to own. That is no different now than it was 10 years ago. Like I had the same problem then. I just had fewer options to, to build on. I guess. And I guess that's the counterpoint to my general frustration, but I keep hearing that technology is going to solve our problems. And so far it has just changed the problems. Like when I took physical <laughs> photos, I had to go get them developed. And then I had these physical things and like, you know, and you, 20 and your backup, of the 20, your backup were negatives that if yeah. you left them on your dashboard, you were screwed. Right. Or if you didn't take proper care of their, you know, in general, like mm-hmm. the, the environment that they were kept in, you were screwed. We were, and then, I think we were just more used to losing things too. Well, like so the, that's the next things question. Were just gone when you're yeah, gone. Do, do you have to be okay with that? Should you be more okay with that? And you and I have talked about backups you know, probably more than any two people in a podcast that I've ever listened to. <laughs> um, you know, obviously making sure that you keep stuff around is important to us. I I don't know. Maybe being more okay with losing stuff. I don't know. That just seems like that's really giving up at that point. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give up to that degree. I'm gonna. I think I'll probably do something more than what I want to do. Mm-hmm. But like what? Uh, I mean, I'll probably set up like a arc to split things between different services and accounts and like something, something not so heavy handed as bringing in a drive. Cause I, I really, <laughs> that's, that's what great. I'm doing. I've done that in the past, but I forget to do it. And then, you know, it's, it's just out, it's of, sight, out of mind. Yeah. It's a hassle. And I have reminders that remind me to do it. And I do it once a month, but I probably should do it more. And you know, you've got that period of time where something's here and, you know, I have the drive here, and if the house burns down, then I lose everything. Like, this, it's not perfect. It's not foolproof. Yeah. But I keep saying, like, if my house burns down, I'm going to have bigger issues than just losing some photos, right? Like, yeah, it sucks, but oh well. Well, you know? let me ask you this, because yeah. th- this was another another thing that I've been uh, poking you <laughs> about. <laughs> uh, because There's a certain amount of glee, I'm what, sure. What about the future where it's not really up to you? Like you're now on a device that doesn't have the ability to plug an external disk in. And you're now on a device where all the photos are automatically put into an app you don't control and backed up through a service you don't control. And mm-hmm. because that that is does seem like that's the direction. Right? Like yeah, like it, it, does, like it or it? not, that's the design. Uh so now what? Yeah, that's boy, that's no so, good question. So uh, the the future of computing being a tablet that is to some degree smoothed down to like this experience, but much less access to do well, the fiddly, fiddly stuff. Maybe, maybe that's the ideal and you give in to that degree and you just let it do what it's going to do and, and don't sweat it. And, well, and, and hope that it does what it does. Right. So <laughs> right. that's the issue that I've got is that this, and, and I keep going back to the state of things being broken. There was a photo 
that I saw the other day on someone's, my, I think it was my wife's Facebook page. She sent me a link to it and I looked at it. And I'm like, I remember that photo. Where is that in my photo library? Oh, it's nowhere in my photo library. Like, did it not ever make it there? Did it not? Like, mm-hmm. where is it? You know? And I'm thinking to myself, well, is, did it just get deleted? I have no idea. Why isn't it in there? Like, I started f- not freaking out, but going like, I don't really trust that I have all my photos in my photos library. And I thought that they were in there. You know what I'm saying? I started getting a little uh, worried that these seamless approaches to everything, in theory, it is terrific when it works. But that w- that moment was very unsettling to me because I could have sworn that it was in my photo library, my Apple photo library. Right. And it was not there. Um, and I looked through thousands of photos trying to find it and I couldn't find it. So I added it and, you know, now I'm thinking, should I look for other photos? Is, are there, is there other stuff somewhere that's like hiding uh-huh. out that it was a very unsettling feeling. Cause I thought I had that one solved. Right. So what I do is everything goes into the photo library every month. I have a thing coming up saying, take this month's photos and stick them in a folder on my Synology, which then DS photos, you know, uh, backs up. And then I have that back up to a drive. Like I wasn't thinking about it anymore. It was a pain in the butt process that I have to do that, but I did it for my own sanity. Now I'm finding that there's photos missing that I don't even know where they were. And it was a little weird, you know, I don't know. Right. It was unsettling. And so when I, when, when I'm confronted with the idea that I should just trust that Apple won't lose my stuff or trust that Apple, and this goes to a bigger overall topic is what if Apple changes in a material enough way that I don't want to use Apple products anymore? It's not happening now, Hmm. but it makes it when I see all of these other processes and hardware that I've considered pivotal to kind of quote unquote, my workflow either get bought or change in some irrevocable way. I think, what if they do something that prevents keyboard maestro from working or Hazel or, um, or, mm-hmm. you know, Dropbox or, you, you know, developers who, you know, have their apps in the, in the, in the app store have to use iCloud and no more Dropbox, you know, yeah, absolutely. Uh, they that's could do that. Totally right? a possibility. Right. But based on so, what we're seeing, it is a possibility. So what do you do? Can what I do ask you, you what, what was the failure point of that photo then? That's the thing. I don't know. I have no, it was it me. It could have been me. Let's just chalk it up to me, not knowing where these photos are or should be. But then like, how do I know that I don't have them backed up? It was it iPhoto. I have, or iPhone, you know what I'm saying? Photos. Was it the Apple cloud stuff that mm-hmm. may have lost it? Um, did I upload it to Flickr, but never put it in my photo library, even though I thought I had, that's my point. It's not that I even know where what the failure is. What was the photo is. taken with? Was it taken with your iPhone? Yeah, yeah, pretty much all my stuff. So is. it was taken with your iPhone, and yeah. you do have the iCloud, or you do have the photos syncing yeah. and yeah. all that stuff. So now there was, was definitely taken, a failure on the Apple part. Right? Well, it was taken before the Photos app existed, right? Before uh, all the cloud stuff, right? It was an older photo. Oh, like, okay. All right, know, so to be fair... It, it could have been something in, in my was, fault. Right. It could have been my fault. And this is what I think Apple's trying to solve that I think a lot of the failures are people who either don't have a system in place mm-hmm. or people that think they have a system in place that's full of holes mm-hmm. and, and they're trying to make it just dead simple. And that's, yeah. I think their vision of computing is you don't need to worry about your backup. 
If you yep. don't have, uh, if you're not paying for the right tier of iCloud, it will complain every single day. Trust me, I know mm-hmm. that you don't have enough space to back up your device. If you um, use their system the way it's designed, your photos are backed up and they're synced between devices, and you you don't need to think about that. That would be ideal if if I could be assured of it working. But, but what about it. you? Your can't cases? be assured of your own system. Yeah, I know. Um, but it, it kind of speaks to my, well, you're totally right. And I don't know what could have happened to this. This was an old photo before photos. It was, you know, just, it was in my library. Maybe it didn't sync over. Maybe who knows what could have happened to it. Um, and so if I knew for sure, I could say, ah, yes, there is a hole in my system. But I was almost 100% positive that all the photos that were in my library at one time would have been in my photos library. Right. And it, it so, was because it, it, it used to be at one point you had one thing. You yes. had like a camera and yep. a computer and a yep. disk drive. Yeah. And and those were those would get connected and you would drag the photos over. And sure enough, everything you dragged over was on that disk drive. Mm-hmm. But now you've got like... Two phones, a couple iPads, a laptop, a, yep. a, an iMac, a, a Synology with yeah, the photos. Right, you yeah. have all Flicker. these things that are ex- you, you now expect to have access to everything all the time. Yeah, and they're well, all producing know, content. Yeah, to add more wrinkles, this was back when I was doing Dropbox photo syncing. So maybe Dropbox failed. Like any, yep. I guess what I'm getting at is there are when you rely on a technological solution that has all of its details hidden from you, it could fail at any level of that, and you may not know, mm. or it may not fail at all, and you still may not know. <laughs> okay. um, and it's 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 kind of um, unsettling to me, I guess, and it goes to this point of simplification in some ways, um, you know, reducing complexity. I just try and think of, of the ways that I can do that. And when friends of mine who comment about, you know, um, uh, lighting systems that are driven by, you know, Apple's home stuff, which is, I know what you're doing, but I know other people who do it too. And I think that's just, these are the philosophical arguments that we always arguments like debates, the two sides of the story. Like your, your take is generally, uh, I hate to speak for you, but I think you've made it pretty clear. Um, (laughs) technology tends to be the problem. Adding more technology is just adding more problems. Yeah. And, and, and I will also caveat that with the thing that makes me frustrated is that I wish that it solved my problems. I would love to have one of those home automation suites that like when I walk up to my front door, it unlocks and the lights turn on. That is like the vision of the future that I've been envisioning since I was a kid. And Mm -hmm. I would love for it to be that way. But I've been around technology long enough to know that, you know, I'll come up to my door and it'll say, you know, unlock your phone to unlock your watch and I'll give it my fingerprint and it won't, it'll ask me for my password. And meanwhile, I'm standing outside in the rain. You know what I'm saying? Like it's never quite as smooth as you want it to be. Right. Because, well, you're, you're, uh, not, not you specifically, but people like us are early adopters. We adopt things before they've been fully hammered out because that'd be like saying, well, I don't trust telephone because I can send a telegram and I'm positive it will get there. Okay. And, yeah. Right. I, I so. mean, over a long enough time frame, it will probably get solved to a point. You, you don't even notice that you're using like a technology to unlock your door. It's yeah, just like possibly. the way things work, right? You flick on a switch and electricity like flows and lights a light bulb. 
Um, but I did want to talk to you about like we're we're in an interesting spot with we had this really long period of time where computers worked a certain way. We're really mm-hmm. we 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 perfected our skills for for that way, which is like there's a keyboard, you type on the keyboard, there's a mouse, you, you move the mouse, maybe there's a touchpad, but it's more or less like you're moving this horizontal something on a horizontal surface and it's moving something on a vertical surface and you yeah. kind of figure that out. And and uh we've kind of We've seen the glimpse of what I think is the future of computing, especially watching people like my kid use a computer versus using, well, using an iPad versus using a laptop. How about that? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just don't think laptops are long for the world. I think we are at this weird transition of, like, there's this new thing that is clearly going to define the next 25 or 30 years of computing. And then there's this old thing where we're trying to hold on to it because we're like, no, everything has to work this way. There has to be a file system. There has to be a keyboard um, and a screen that is vertical to the desk. Yeah, it's something that you and I have kind of batted back and forth for a long time. And it's not just uh, you and I, but I I talk to people at work about it as well. Um, I have a friend there who who carries his his, uh, iPad Pro around from from meeting to meeting. And I've mentioned him before. He takes notes on it every day. And I said, well, you know, if I ever get an iPad Pro, I would get one of those keyboards. And he's like, oh, no, man, the on-screen keyboard is great. And I love you know, the way you have to select stuff. He just thinks it's awesome. Uh, meanwhile, I just feel like I'm, I see him smearing his finger around on the screen. Like that is just, yeah, it right. seems terrible. It feels like you're, you're typing with butter or something yeah, like that. It's just, exactly. just this terrible. So I sent you some links earlier this morning. Cause I have been really thinking about this a, a lot I see over that. the past year because I've, I really wanted a new laptop, right? I wanted a MacBook pro really, um, really badly. Mm-hmm. And, and I did not like what Apple released. And yes. I thought, mm, well, mine, mine's fine. I'll, I'll use that. And then I started thinking, you know what? It's kind of clear to me, like, it's not, it, it may be around for a long time as a utilitarian thing, like a, you know, like a very specific type of device, right? Like for people that do like one or two jobs that just really do need a computer, because they mm-hmm. need 25 things plugged into it. They need to plug in some some kit to process video at high speed and hook up a different camera and external drives and all that. But for the vast majority of people, I think they'll be on something that maybe not the iPad, but something similar to that, which mm-hmm. is very few ports. Everything is wireless. Everything's through some cloud service. And there's the keyboard is optional or it's on screen or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I sent you those links about like typing speeds and the difference between input methods. And, and you and I have talked about voice as an input method. Yeah. And I definitely do not feel comfortable talking to my computer. For Me the most neither. Part. Me I envy people like David Sparks on the Mac power users podcast where he can do so much through dictation, but I feel like, a buffoon. Well, I, I even went through <laughs> a period of time that. where I tried that, and I, I I realized that I don't form thoughts in a way that's helpful. And maybe it would come through practice, but I don't form thoughts that way. I form thoughts by right. um, writing something down and kind of reacting to it visually. 
and it, it not speaking. I'm just speaking is not my thing. Like I've, here he says on a podcast. Um, but um, but yeah, I have a friend of mine who I think he he dictates every text he sends me into mm. into the phone. And I think to myself, is he sitting in a room by himself just talking into his phone? <laughs> well, okay, so that, that's part of it. But I wanted to get to that like awkwardness that I feel because that's what I've been thinking about. Of like, yeah. am I just old? Number one, yeah. <laughs> I just yes, answer I just, yes, and uh, <laughs> and I have my skills have been honed to use a keyboard and yeah. to think the way a keyboard needs you to think, where you can like think and type, and but you are. There is a cognitive delay where you are evaluating your thoughts as you're typing versus speaking. Uh, the what was the one the Stanford study that that is like you know um, typing through voice recognition is like three times faster through than typing with a keyboard or text mm-hmm. entry with voice recognition recognition is three times faster than typing with a keyboard. That's really fast. Yeah, and, it is. And so you can speak much faster than you type. So you get that delay where you can kind of like reform your sentence. Now imagine we reach a point where the AI um, is sophisticated enough that like when you talk with somebody else, you're like, oh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, maybe not. Okay. Yeah. Take that. I take that back. Right. Mm-hmm. Where, where you can't really do that yet. You can go back, back, back and delete, delete, delete. Right. But like understanding what you meant was like this whole, like these two sentences are no longer relevant to what right. you were right. capturing. That I don't think is far off. I think through machine learning techniques that will get to a point where machines can understand our intent and then it'll be more than three times faster and it'll be yeah. no it, stage fright, no like loss of uh, agility. I guess so. Because you know that you can, you can always say, Oh wait, remove that last sentence. But like I do a lot of, so it could be my art background. It could just be because my art background is because I'm a visual thinker. Um, but I think people think visually sometimes, right? So seeing things on the screen I'm able to think differently than if uh, if than otherwise. I don't know how how better to describe oh, it. Oh, sure. So, but and, you can still see it on the screen after it's typed. Yeah, after it's entered. Uh, but I, I don't know. I it's it's hard to describe. Like it's actually the structure of how it appears on the page. Like how I space things, how I add punctuation and hyphens and all that stuff. And to, and to say to my computer, new line. Add two spaces, put a hyphen, add another. Like that, that seems like a really a lot of extra speaking to me just to get the structure in a way that helps my brain. Um, and I realize it's probably just me. And so I don't think it's just being old. I think that's just how I think. And so I think you're so imagining like, that it's different than it is. You say it's a lot of extra speaking, but well, saying say return because- and pressing return, I don't see how that's. Uh, I'd like, I'll, I don't think it takes any more electrons to say return than it does to press return. Um, no, but it adds. So, so it's different for me because that typing is so automatic. Um, and it, I, admittedly, it's because of practice or whatever. But saying it adds another level. Like if we're talking about visual or, or verbal communication, it's just not a strong suit. Like public speaking, all those kinds of things. Like you can just feel. I can just feel my brain jangling, like in a way that's not comfortable. But like typing and like I do a lot of restructuring of documents. Like how would that 
that, that stuff doesn't work when I'm using. I bought Dragon Dictate. You're thinking, you know? you're thinking with like this is what we could do in the past. That that that'd be like in like um. Think about how fast computers advanced, and we thought, oh, there's no way we could store a gigabyte of information. Like I'm looking right now, I'm looking at a at a five megabyte drive, and it's as big as my computer. Mm-hmm. Right. That what I'm talking about is like we are on the cusp of a point where the rate of increase in new voice recognition technologies is going to rapidly increase. I think it already is. I think that's what's happening with Siri and Google and everybody who is getting so much better at recognizing voice commands. Um, and I, I don't mean to focus on voice because I actually, the, the initial argument against voice I think is completely valid, which is I don't want to talk out loud when I'm at a coffee shop well, <laughs> that's or the, when yeah, I'm that's at home one. or whatever. Right. But I think the accuracy and understanding intent will get to a point where have you ever been typing a text message to somebody and go, I'm just going to call you? Because <laughs> yeah. this is, oh, yeah, I this do it a is lot. not very efficient. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean. Like, I think voice is very efficient at communicating an idea because um, it doesn't need to be perfectly formed. Right. So that's where I'm talking. I guess that's where I, my brain goes the opposite way for documents that must be perfectly formed because I write specs a lot, right? So like if I wanted to save a lot of time, it would be in long form documents that I want to um that I want to sure. you know, you know, write. So so it's like, you know, how do I deal with things with bullet points and screenshots and all of that stuff? Like that's that's never going to oh, go away. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Uh that's where I think we have a difference in what we're imagining the future would look like. I mm-hmm. imagine a future where I can talk like crap mm-hmm. and my computer actually is, is the, is the not a stenographer, but somebody who's, who's taking down my meaning and then forming it into something that is better. That says like, Oh, you know, you, you, this was a half sentence, but I, I know what you mean because you said these other things and they're relevant and I can, I can um, extrapolate and figure yeah, out I mean, what you meant here was this complete sentence with a period at the end. Oh, that would be terrific. But since I'm not sure if all my photos backed up, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not nice. sure. <laughs> you not wouldn't sure. trust it. You wouldn't trust to write your annual review or anything. <laughs> no, not exactly. Right, I don't think we're there yet. I, that's, that's why I, I didn't specify an exact time frame. I no. think. I think 10 years is probably Well, I think, you know, and I guess that's where a lot of my frustration lies is because I would love a future where things would work as if I imagined them to work, you know, uh, as if I imagined this stuff to work, just like you're saying. And, uh, and it's not, it's not quite there yet. And I don't really see it there. And I think you do. So I guess that's kind of where we're. So I think maybe the next thing I want to talk about is another input method. So, right. so we talked about voice. Yep. I do think that's a promising input method. I don't think it's nearly what uh, some people think it might be. I think mm-hmm. that's a 
it is a technology that is useful. Just look at attorneys who already do voice dictation and then have it translated by a secretary. Yeah, so I mean, what, when I talk physicians use it a lot too, so I know yeah. it's in use. You know, I, and I, that, I, that's more of what I'm, I'm imagining a computer doing. Instead of there being a person that receives that recording and then tr- translates that, they may not do it verbatim. They may mm-hmm. add in like, oh, you forgot you dropped a preposition or, you know, oh, this isn't quite right. You got this kind of backwards and doing those fixes for you kind of automatically. But the next one is the mouse, right? The, mm-hmm. the, that is the other piece that I see going away very quickly, much sooner than 10 years, is the input model of the mouse, both the touchpad and the whatever, the rollerball. Well, it used to be rollerball. Now it's laser mouse. I don't think that's going to be something my kid ever really feels comfortable with and <laughs> probably ever really uses in the real world. Yeah, I was going to say, will she even know, by the time she gets old enough, will she even know what it is? I was, there's some other stuff. I don't want to turn this into a, oh, back in my day show, but um, my kids don't even know a lot of the the technology that we grew up with at all. Like I mentioned some things to them. They look at me like, what are you even talking about? And I just, Good. That, that means yeah. we've advanced. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, I think there, when you think about things that are, that we deal with now on a day to day basis, those things, there's gotta be, you know, dozens of those technologies that will be the what same. What kind of for sound our kids. card do you have in your computer, Jeff? <laughs> yeah, it's a sound blaster, eight <laughs> uh, bit, really sweet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Uh, yes. Good question. I just, I think you know the, when the mouse was first introduced it was i think there was some ridicule that like no way could a human adapt to this thing you move it horizontally on a flat surface and the thing on a vertical surface moves horizontally that's impossible for a human to adapt to i think right. that there was a lot of criticism like that and of course we know through experience it didn't take long to figure that out but I've also watched people, young and old, who have never used a mouse, try to figure that connection out. Mm-hmm. It's not obvious. It mm-hmm. is like, you know, I don't understand. I've moved this thing. I expected something different to happen. And then <clears throat> that doesn't even include scrolling. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, I, I ran into something the other day uh, where, remember when Apple changed the scrolling direction? Uh, I do. Yeah, and it was a huge deal for some people. Um, and But I thought we had moved on from that. I just talked to somebody recently, and they're like, oh, wait, how do I change the scroll direction on this thing? i got to figure this out because I can't deal with it any other way. And I'm like, hmm, like I I had thought we'd move past that, you know? Well, you, like, you know they're changing the um, – what is it, the scroll direction on the watch? You know, really? Yeah, it's going to be vertical instead of horizontal. Uh, well, whatever they do, I don't care. So, I, I just so they're not done changing scroll direction. Yeah, <laughs> but but I think the mouse is an old, out of date technology that we mm-hmm. we stick to because of laptops, and that the touch interface is going to change that dramatically, and already has. And that's I, I feel myself compelled to like give up a mouse. I love my mouse. I love you. I'm really proficient with it. But like you know, I just just got the new iPad Pro. Mm-hmm. I decided to do that instead of a MacBook Pro. That's where I put my money because I I really do think that is probably where by the time I retire, that's where computing will be. <laughs> what um, did you did you get a keyboard? I did. I did <laughs> the uh, keyboard case. Mm-hmm. 
because I still feel way more comfortable using a keyboard. And we've had this exact conversation. I know. Yeah. <laughs> like several times, but I'm just curious if you changed your mind, uh, given that you kind of seem like you're putting your planting your flag a little bit in this, in this world. I still, I still need a world. bridge. I'm, yeah. I'm still very much trained on, you know, what, what, how computing has been for the last, well, for me, it, the last 25 honestly, or 30 me, years. It's less, it's less so much the, the training and the fact that I love a real keyboard. I just hate giving up the screen real estate, the half of the screen real estate to a keyboard. You know, a lot of times I want to see a lot of things oh, on sure. the screen. Um, and so if you have a, you know, a USB keyboard, you can continue seeing everything, which I think mm -hmm. is really nice. Um, I think that's the biggest reason for getting one. Um, yeah, I'm actually getting an iPad Pro 2. Um, which I wasn't going to do, but I'm not paying for it, so I can't really complain. Um, <laughs> so you, you don't have much skin in the game. Yeah, I don't have any skin saying. in the game, really. Um, Somebody but, is giving you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and you're and, not refusing it. And I'm not refusing it, exactly. And I'll probably end up buying a keyboard case, too, just to see how this you know Brave New World will work. Um, it, it won't be unfettered. Uh, because it's going to be a work device. So I won't be able to really see, you know, I'm not going to put my photos on it or any of that stuff. So I won't be living totally in the future, but I, understanding a bit more of how that form factor works would be helpful. Um, but have, have you gotten yours yet? No, I haven't. It's okay. actually Apple's uh, funny joke to make it, uh, to shift the delivery date out just long enough that... Uh, that you can't talk about it? That, yeah, that I can't talk about for this podcast. Also, that I didn't get it for Father's Day. Oh, <laughs> and, uh, that's which nice. Was, which was the motivation behind it. Uh, but it, it'll be here very soon. I but I'm I've used my my daughter's iPad Pro twelve mm -hmm. twelve nine for all I've used it a lot. I take it to work all the time. <laughs> I'm she sure she enjoys that. No, she does not. But there's a there's a folder <laughs> called Daddy, which has like OmniFocus uh, and, and everything. Oh, nice. Yeah, uh, that's good. And I, I do use it as like my peripheral device, and it works fine for those things. But I, I really feel like I need to start adjusting to like what the world would look like w with that being the primary computing device in the house. Hmm. Like there's no MacBook Pro. That's weird. And most of what I do is on an iPad and that that may be the real way that we do things. And well, I, I think that's that might become the real way that a lot of normal folks do things, but I still think of folks like developers and all those. I think those those laptops are still going to exist. I'm trying to think of what it would look like. Um, a lot of times I'll be sitting at home and I still have work to do or something. And we'll be sitting on the sofa watching TV. Um, like, how would you use one of those uh, keyboard cases with an iPad Pro on your lap? I don't think it'd be impossible, would it? I haven't. I have no idea no, how that would work. I mean, work. the Logitech makes some that are basically turned into a laptop almost, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's a hard hinge on it. Um, yeah, I think I have the Zag case for the iPad, my current iPad, yeah. which is like that type of thing. Has uh, a, so a that's possible. Hinge. I'm trying to. I'm trying to imagine more about what the future might be mm -hmm. just because I, I think that people that are, it's, it's pretty well known that as you get older, your imagination starts to fail. 
like you, you really do, you, you are a slave to your experience mm-hmm. and your past experience. You, yeah. Right. Your past experience. And, and I, I recognize that that's true about me. Like when I was a kid, I made up stories all the time and I, you know, I just played all the time. And now I use my past experience to disregard a lot. Mm-hmm. Say, never going to happen. Nope, not possible. It's uh, an interesting nope. thought. Right. And, and I'm trying to get out of that rut and say like, well, imagine there's some 20 year old that is working at Apple that is like, not only is a mouse, not the future, neither is a stylus. Mm-hmm. Right. So what is that? And what are those things? Like, how do you put ideas into a computer that isn't speaking to it? Because I don't think that that's going to, I really just, I know I'm disregarding that, but I I just think that privacy is too important Mm -hmm. and that people aren't going to want to say, computer, enter my bank account number for Bank of America. Now check to see if my purchase at that adult bookstore went through, (laughs) right? People aren't going to do that. Yeah, you're right. And, And I just want to say for the record right now, I do not do business with Bank of America. Um, or good. Well, you you didn't disclaim. You didn't uh, disown the adult bookstore thing. <laughs> yes, I, I, I was making a joke. I, I know. Don't, I don't do either. They're both. Uh, I don't trust you. Forms of carnal uh, <laughs> knowledge that I just don't entertain. They're both making mistakes. <laughs> so, I, I actually am trying to think the other way and think to myself. And I'll leave you to think about the what does the future look like if computers are awesome. And then I try and think, and I'm trying to do the same thing, not in an old man yell at the clouds way, but think what does the future look like when computers don't play a role and go the other way and say, you know, what kind of physical items do I need that are less reliant on, you know, a technological solution to do things that that may not require a technological solution. So, um, I, like a cane I, or a walker? <laughs> no, <laughs> like, a, like a washing machine with a download option on it. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the kind of thing, like, we don't need those things. And that's one more thing to not work or cause an entire system to fail. So what other things can you do to simplify that are maybe jettisoning kind of silly technology in favor of smart technology? And what is I, that smart technology? I'm not going to disregard disregard those opportunities just out of hand because mm-hmm. I do think there's lots of things that we do that are mundane rote, like that, that computers should be good at solving, mm-hmm. right? Like I shouldn't have to make a grocery list. Like I have enough computers in my device with enough processing power that my refrigerator should know I don't have eggs and my iPhone knows that I've marked a recipe for making a souffle and mm-hmm. when I'm at the grocery store, it's like, you probably need eggs, dummy. Mm-hmm. And and that should be a thing, but that requires lots of other things. Like, it yeah. refer, require, requires a really intelligent refrigerator, right? Yeah. They can do object recognition. And, and with the washing machine, I do think that there's probably something there where, yes, you can totally just press a button and wash a load. But I was talking to somebody about, like, the dishwasher I have. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, you know, I just press a button and it does, does the load, but it, it's a smart dishwasher. It's not connected online, but it's smart in that it figures out how much debris is coming off the dishes and mm-hmm. shortens the wash time to save water. Hmm. 
And that's that's a thing I never would have thought of to do myself. Was like, how dirty are these dishes? Maybe I should turn the time cycle down. No, they, see, that's the kind of that's exactly what I'm getting at, right? Are there are certain things that you that are that lend themselves to being technologically smart that are worthwhile doing, at, and and what are the things that are technologically frivolous that that also cause things to fail that you can get rid of, right? So the download for cycle, you know, stuff, I don't see being that useful, but detecting debris off of plates, I think could be. I I think that the smarts of a refrigerator to understand what we have in our refrigerator, I don't think there's any refrigerator smart enough for that because it's like things like um, plastic bags that come from, you know, that have fruit wrapped in them that you can't see what's inside or things that come from the CSA that even I don't know what they are, you know? Um, so I think there's only, it's only going to get you so far. I love the idea of selecting a, uh, recipe and then saying, here's the things you need to build it. I've added them to your recipe list, but those things kind of exist already, don't they? I mean, there's been a few recipe apps out there. I think where the connective, I think where the issue is, is the connective tissue between the things that you use, right? So if you keep your grocery list and reminders and your recipes are flagged in some app like paprika or something like that, like if they're not talking to one another, now you've got another problem that you didn't no, even have I, before. I, I disagree. I think the paprika okay. app it can make grocery list, but it does not have the intel. It, it is requiring you to be the CPU. Right, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, right. It is requiring you to go to your refrigerator, evaluate: Do you have eggs? How many eggs do you have? How many does it require? You know, otherwise, what Paprika does is says, says you need three eggs mm-hmm. because that's what the recipe says, says you need. Right. Right. That, that's not intelligent. That is just tabulation. No, I, that's what I'm getting at. But I'm, what I'm saying is that the connective tissue between all of these things is not there yet, right? And because oh, they're sure. coming from For different sure. places, it's going to be really hard to get it there. Because uh, and to some degree, a lot of these different things sort of have competing interests in a way. You know, like... Um, uh, but you, nothing comes out fully formed at the beginning. Like your, your washing machine, mm-hmm. you... You can enjoy downloading something for your washing machine that does nothing for your life, and and that that may be true today. But you know, a decade from now, through the experience of improving the washing machine, people doing that and finding out and getting feedback from it, that maybe what it does is it, it detects what type of detergent you put in, and it knows oh for that detergent the absolute maximum wash temperature should be this. And the cycle should look like this. And now instead of using a gallon of water, you're using a cup of water. Mm-hmm. Right? That, that I think, doesn't come out fully formed. That's not often that a final product exists like that. I totally am there with you. I guess my cynicism comes from in order to make that all work, you just named like four different technologies yeah, that would need to come together. Somebody has to pay the price on the way there too. Yeah, like you exactly. have to have you have to have a shitty washing machine that could download a virus. Yeah, and, and exactly. stop washing your clothes or start adding sewage to your clothes or whatever. <laughs> a hacker that wants to hack a washing machine yeah. gets a hold it hold it for ransom. Excitement from yeah. Uh, so for ten years, you guys like you pay the price for that. And then somebody who's only five years old right now, when they're an adult, they're like, oh, man, it sure is uh, nice that we have we don't have to live like those old cavemen and we don't have to think about washing our clothes. And mm-hmm. we have so much more clean water because we don't waste it to wash dirty underwear. Yeah. 
No, I, I love the idea of it. I guess I'm tired of being an early adopter. Maybe that's really what it comes down <laughs> You're to. Tired of being a beta tester. A beta tester. Your life is beta, beta testing everything. Yeah, and yeah. I didn't sign up for these beta tests. That's the problem. Like when I you sign up sure for them, did you sure did? Didn't no. say didn't say internet enabled washer no. when you bought it. No, it didn't. <laughs> it, it, when I opened it up, I was like, "Hey, what's that?" And the guy's like, "Oh, hey, you can just download settings." I'm, I just shook my head. I'm like, "What in the world?" I didn't even see that on any sort of anyway. But um, well, so what now, do you do? You have any ideas what you think a, a future input device might be like, other than a stylus or like I, this is something I'm really fascinated with because I remember. Uh, do you ever try handwriting recognition like five or ten years ago? Yes. And how terrible it was? Yes. And it was like you basically – the amount of time you spent training it was the amount of time it would save you in your lifetime. And that was – and that <laughs> so. was that, that's actually the same with speech recognition. Like yeah. I've tried it and tried and tried it and trained and trained and trained. And it never hit a point where I didn't spend an hour editing whatever I, I dictated because I had a whole system yeah. where I would – I had to write all these documents, like spec documents and stuff that I mentioned before. And so I have a long drive to work. I would um, use a thing called Dropbox. I would dictate the specifications into my phone. They would get sent to Dropbox. When I would get to work, I would open the laptop. It would see files there, copy them to a drag and dictate folder, and then dictate, you know, just do the transcription. (laughs) Yeah, right. And then I would spend the rest of the morning trying to make them, like, trying Think to remember what the hell yeah. I said. Uh-huh. And, uh, it's a nightmare. All right. Well, so now I think handwriting recognition has reached this this point, this tipping point, um, that it's good on, on an iOS device. iOS devices are super powerful. And mm-hmm. if you go use, like, Nebo or um, WritePad or any of those, you don't have to train them. Do you have to write in a specific way, though? Nope. Because my writing is really, no, really like, bad. At least for me. And I like use my extremely tens are always like too many loops mm. and all nope. the just I, crazy I have, stuff. I thought the same thing, and it is shocking how good it is. And not just with you know using fourth grade uh, vocabulary. I write technical things. I, I work in... In in science with mm-hmm. chemists and biologists, and I write. So are you write on my paper like, or on your iPad? No, on the iPad, and that's that's the real key to it. Is I think it's 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 interpreting how you're moving the stylus, the but speed how, at which you're making your loops. Well, the thing like that, that gets me is how could in that in any way be faster than typing those words? It's not. It's okay. absolutely not. But okay. it's also not faster for you to write on a piece of paper than it is for you to type those words. Handwriting is not no, ever I, going I, to be as fast as typing. I guess that's where I'm getting at. Like, and my handwriting's terrible, and I don't enjoy handwriting. So, I, to I'm me, using this as an example of how like that technology now has reached a tipping point. So, handwriting gotcha. becomes a viable input method for a computer. Is there mm-hmm. something else that bridges this? Like, I'm going to yell my innermost thoughts to a well, piece of glass in a coffee I, shop versus I'm going to sit here and type. This is actually a side issue, but I actually think that the writing thing is good for another reason in that because everybody types everything and uses emoji, people are using writing less as a way to communicate with one another, like paper and stuff. Like my kids never write anything. Like they write their homework and stuff like yeah. that, but everything else. So I think in some ways there's some utility there that people like it continues mm. people writing things in, in a, I don't yeah, know that handwriting is valuable, to be honest. 
Hmm. Like I think once we reach in, we reach a point where you always have a piece of glass with you, and uh, you know unless there's a major solar flare that wipes out all electronics, <laughs> uh, I don't think humanity would ever look back and say like, oh, we really miss that old way of oh, like, chiseling things. But that's the, that's the argument I have with people all the time who are into pens and paper and stuff like that. Like yeah, I just want to type everything. It is a fetish. I also like the fact that it is anything that I type, and so you're kind of leaning towards anything I write as well, is searchable and archival. Because to me, having access to my notes sounds like an over-prepared weirdness, but like I can't even tell you how many times a week I do a search in DevonThink for something that I typed six months ago in a meeting and and use that information. So if I can use my written words the same as I can use my type words, that's a huge win. Yeah. But so your expectation though is that somehow that has to be translated into text. You know, there is a point where the computer just understands everything you write. Whether it's typed or text or you know whatever it is, emoji, and it interprets intent. I think that's the point that we have some sometime um, in the near future, where it intent is what the computers are there for, not the direct input. That would be helpful, and I think that's actually right now where computers are pretty bad at is intent. Yep. So. Well, the the other reason I'm asking about the input is. I think China is a very important market. Mm-hmm. I think Asian countries are a very important market for computing devices. Not just now, but into the future for probably as far as we can see or predict. And keyboards are not great for like Chinese. No, yeah, that's true too. And they, right. have, they have multiple methods. Something I, I found this fascinating. I'm like, you know, you look at Chinese characters and, and how the language is structured, which I am by far no expert on. I can't read or speak, but I've always looked at it and thought, how can you possibly do that with a regular keyboard layout? Mm-hmm. And yeah, actually, I should crazy. ask my oldest son. He actually uh, got A's in his Chinese class and is really good with Chinese and Japanese, which is, he just wow, got that's into fantastic. it. Um, and he actually, he's a very unique kid. Uh, he's in high school and he actually changed his iPhone to Mandarin Chinese, the interface. (laughs) So I literally look at his phone and have no idea what's happening. So Um, he's basically encrypted it from his parents. Basically. (laughs) That's nice. That's fantastic. Um, So I should ask him how he's doing all of his entry because he'll, he'll often like we have these, um, we have these dinners where um, I ask for topics, like topics open for discussion, and then they post them in. We have a little family Discord uh, chat, and he will post his little topics. And sometimes they show up in Japanese, and I'm like, I well, I guess I'll be surprised <laughs> by this one because I don't know what it is. Um, <laughs> nice, but it is true. Like it's um, it's a it's a big thing that you have to think about. And I'll ask. I, I like asking him about podcast topics because he always well, has something I don't think about. So that, that's why I was asking specifically about that because I feel like the a big gap here is we're expecting the old Western centric computing uh, history to bridge to this future point where it's really not relevant. So I think I sent you some links for you know to uh, the ideas I was thinking about for the show. Like yeah. one was stenography and stuff like that, where it's 
it's not really standard input, but it's still almost like a keyboard, but some other thing. Well, um, I talked to a friend of mine recently who said that he, um, I think he was considering like training as like an accountant or something like that. A long story there, but he started learning the, the, like the language of not shorthand, but something similar to shorthand, which are just very gestural, Mm-hmm. Like a gesture per word, and I forget what he called it, but um, it's not it's not shorthand, but it's a different word. But um, he's using it for that reason. Is like he can write uh, entire words with just a squiggle, and right. and the input becomes much quicker. And then, I guess where you're going here possibly is that you write with these squiggles, and it translate. It's much easier for it to translate it directly into words at that mm-hmm. point. You know, yeah, and translates it into not just like this squiggle means this word kind of thing. I think that is again using uh, previous experience to inform my imagination. I'm thinking more of like if the computer knows you're the one providing input and it knows a lot about you and how you speak and how you think and the topics that you tend to focus on that now a little squiggle it can interpret as like, oh, well, this is his preferred adjective for this thing. Mm. Right. And, and like well, your intent you mean like is it, it, it even, well, that shorthand could become suggested words as yes. you're typing a text. Is right. That what you're yes. Right. Okay. So something like that. And I'm yeah. trying not to base my imagination on what I understand now with like predict, predictive text kind of thing. Like, Oh, I can misspell something however I want. And the computer will just kind of magically provide me three suggestions that I tap on the right one. Uh, I don't, th- I think that's fine, but that's that's seems it's not lame. the future. It seems, seems that's lame to think that that's how it'll be twenty five years from now. Is that you'll get three suggestions and you tap one, and it just gets better at figuring out the suggestions. No, I mean I think down the road, and and it kind of does this now. Like it kind of figures out based on how ridiculous I type on that thing. Like there's times when I can type a long sentence with no typos. Um, and it's not accurate typing because, like, my current beer entry method into DevonThink and and stuff has no uh, uh, autocorrect on it, and mm-hmm. it, my typing is abhorrent. Like, it is, <laughs> it is bad. Isn't like, nothing it? makes like, any sense. Off, when I turn off autocorrect, I'm like, wow, I <laughs> really do stink at using this piece of glass. And well, like, or, I really am not good at it. Or conversely, the piece of glass does so much thinking for you you've just taken it so for granted right at this point. And, and that is a yeah. real eye opener when you do that. Um, so I think, I don't think typing's going away, but you can see with the, you know, boy, I don't want it to sound like old man yelling at the clouds, but emoji, I know people who still refuse to use emoji. Emoji mm-hmm. has taken over in a lot of ways and stickers. Don't forget about stickers. Gabe, don't forget about stickers. Uh, Apple um, forgot about stickers. They, so I'm they've fine taken with it. over a lot of the, words that I generally type. Like sometimes, like they say a picture is worth a thousand words and it kind of is true. Um, (laughs) The stuff I send between really good friends, like I could send you a sticker, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean. You have the inflection and I didn't need to type out 15 words for it. And I think that probably gains in, and and also that stuff goes across language too, right? Because it's visual. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a lot to be uh, said for that. But you, you know what? You, you know, you said people are refusing to adapt to that. That that's fine. I think those are dinosaurs because I've noticed, even in 
emails in a corporate environment, people will use the smiley face or the winky face mm-hmm. instead of saying, this is levity. Like instead of typing their email or, you know, typing a message and saying, by the way, that's levity because I know this is a tense topic and mm-hmm. I'm trying to make everybody feel comfortable about right. this decision. Right. They know, they know what that, right. Instead they it put carries like, its like the smiley now. face. Like, yeah, we gotta, we gotta do this thing. Smiley face. It's it's used um, in a way like it's it's suffused itself so much in pop culture that people know what people are going for. Mm-hmm. Like when you see that in an email, I think that probably five years ago people would see a smiley face and you know they'd run right to the CEO to complain type thing because people are like oh, this is our discourse is going downhill. So you know, um, and I I know podcasters who complain about that same thing, um, but. To me, I used to not like that stuff, but now I I kind of see where it's going. Like it's I see where it's coming way, from. Like, you don't have to change if you don't want to, but yeah. the world is going to do like the our group thought will go the direction it's going to go, and you are either with that or without that. That's that's how why I wanted to talk about this topic. Yeah, is I no, kind of true. feel like our our overall direction for computing devices is not a laptop and I'm trying to make myself get off the couch and say, you know, don't just sit there with your arms crossed. No, I'm only going to ever use a laptop because that's damn it. That's the way computing is done. Yeah. Uh, that and was suddenly, really good, man. That's suddenly have a southern I could accent, see but... the Cheeto dust on your hands when you spoke that way. <laughs> that was really good. Yeah. Um, so, well, I find it's really interesting. One last thing before we talk about this beer is that you and I are sitting here talking about texts and emojis and all that stuff. I think my kid's sending Snapchats every 15 seconds. So mm-hmm. it's like a completely different thing. <laughs> There's not even any sure. text or anything, you know? Um, so there may be stuff on the horizon that, that you and I still need to wrap our heads around because, you know, he says that he sends stuff in Snapchat uh, as, as little videos or a little text on top of pictures. And, and he finds that to be his preferred way of communicating. And to me, it just seems like so abstract and not efficient. <laughs> Maybe it's just the nerd in me. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, it's we're still seeing think pieces about uh, how uh, the millennials are losing the ability to communicate because they they use computers all the time, or they use their phone. They stare at their phone too much. Yeah, it's I like, actually, honestly, I don't think a generation has ever existed that their their internal thoughts are so exposed to the world. Yeah, that's true. Although I do know a friend who has a, a young millennial working for him, like on the early side of, mm-hmm. of the millennial stuff. And he says that it's, it's almost impossible to direct her as a manager um, because everything has to be, you know, cajoling and encouraging. And uh, he, he says it's, it's driving him absolutely crazy. Um, and <laughs> so I'm not quite sure what that speaks to his, his manager skills or just in general, what it, you know, I don't know how she got hired, but um, I think a fair, a fair argument might be, well, you know what, maybe that's the workforce we have now defined is yeah. that it, you're lucky to have somebody work for you when they're so mobile and they can move from city to city 
at the drop of a hat and work for a different company and move their skills around. And mm-hmm. that's not how the workforce used to be. And we're on a totally different topic now, but yeah, we are. Like, that's maybe that's, that's how we got to this point is like this, this person, this millennial quote millennial. I don't yeah, even yeah. know what that is, but uh, <laughs> let's just say young person just looking at like, fine. Uh, you don't think I'm doing a good job. I'll go somewhere else. They'll pay me the exact same amount or more to do this job. Yeah, exactly. I don't care about this company. I don't have any plan to stay here for the rest of my life. Yeah, that's an interesting one. That's a totally topic, uh, totally different topic for another day. Yep. Um, What do you think about this beer now that it's warmed up? And by the way, it's really warm in my office right now. As far as input methods go, this can is working wonderfully. Um, I really am enjoying seeing this cloudy beer. There's some sediment down there. Um, It's getting a little bit... It, hard to believe, but it's even more bitter than it was when it started out. Yeah, um, the wa- warming up is uh, less enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, but it's still a good beer. I I would highly recommend Puff. I wish it, again. I never feel that way about resin, but I guess you know. I I do too. I, I actually do. Actually, rather, um, I feel mm-hmm. that way about resin too. Like the there's a perfect temperature for resin. Um, oh, there all- you go. This is dry, uh, extra dose of dry hopping before, uh, well, before that, it goes into the can. That gives you the, um, that makes sense. There. It gives okay. you the cloudiness, I guess. So I once again, my wife, is, my wife is correct about beer <laughs> because she has a better palate than I do, I think. Why? What does she say about this? Well, she's, she has said outright, like, this does not taste like resin to me. Ah. Yeah. The wives, they got some good taste buds. I'll give them that much. My wife loves this stuff. Um so, unfortunately, her relatives drank all the other cans of it. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> Too bad for her. <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> she can't even taste it. Uh, She's also pregnant. <laughs> well, but she can at least sip it. She she just, yeah. every once in a while, she'll sip my beer and go, oh, God, I love beer so much. I'm like, yep, <laughs> I get it all. It's really not that fun for her. <laughs> uh, well, you'll go pay. enjoy you'll the rest eventually. of your day. What? You'll pay eventually. Oh, tell me about it. I know it. Well, enjoy the rest of your warm and steamy day. <sighs> yeah, I'm going back out to uh, dig some more holes. All right. <laughs> Bury fun. some more bodies. <laughs> See you All later. Right. Bye. Talk to you later, man. See ya. <laughs>